All right, here we go. Good morning, glory, hallelujah to you, and welcome to another episode of Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined as always by Uncle Salty himself, John Mariano. How are you doing tonight, John? Uh, I'm uh, fine. Okay, good. F-I-N-E, fine. Oh, perfect. Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional? You got it. Awesome. Uh, joining us as always, uh, again, uh, the one and only Scott Haskins. Scott, how are you doing? I'm I'm full of all the energy that John doesn't have. Excellent. You, you'll be the the raging ying to his calming yang. And yes. uh, just to muck up the panel a little bit more, we're bringing him back. Even though he put "I don't want to lick your thing" on his dice, and we had to cover it here on this show. It's our good buddy Jeff Saunders. How you doing, Jeff? Hey guys, can we do that song again? I, I thought of a whole bunch of other reasons to love it since last time. You know, there is a live version that we have to cover on the show. At least one. There might actually be two. So there is an opportunity uh, to do that song again. Can we add that to the dice tonight? Not tonight. We've got something special in, in store for the dice tonight, and it all revolves around our good friend Jeff Saunders and, and a special little initiative that he takes part in every year. So now, uh, Jeff, I yield the floor to you. Please tell us all about St. Baldrick's. Well, thank you. Thank you, Corey. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, yeah, this time of the year, uh, we really uh, dive in and, and try to to help the St. Broderick's Foundation raise money for childhood uh, cancer research. And uh, this is a this is a charity organization, and that's that's really their sole purpose uh, is to is to, to help us find better treatments and better cures for all the different childhood cancers out there. Uh, and and we try to do this in a in a fun way. It's it's a very serious topic. Uh, it's, it's, a uh, it, and there's a lot of negativity with, with the topic, but we try to bring a lot of fun and joy to it. And, and one of the ways we do that is we kind of culminate our, our fundraising efforts with these head shave events. And, um, I will actually be cutting off, uh, all of my locks, uh, here, uh, on March, uh, 3rd. I'll cut half of it off. And on March 4th, I'm cutting the other half off and uh, we're going to have a couple of parties where we do that. And it'll be, it'll be a really good time. Uh, and, and it's, it's a way that, that we show support and solidarity with, with all these kids and young folks who are going through treatment because uh, you know, they don't really have a choice in, in, in losing their hair. So uh, we get to show them some, some support and, and they get a real kick out of seeing us do it. It's always a lot of fun. I know, Jeff, you've live streamed a, a couple of these uh, and you would actually take donations on the air and actually dye your hair uh, certain colors. Yeah. I know my, my 10 year old watching the last one was like, Dad, he's $50 away from from purple. We we got to donate. So so Jeff will dye his hair a different shade. So we made sure to, to throw in an extra 50 bucks, but uh, absolutely a, a worthwhile cause. Maybe let the folks know how they can help support you in your fight against childhood cancer. Sure, sure, sure. So so the easiest the easiest thing to do is just to go to stbaldricks.org. Um, if you want to specifically support me or my team, uh, there's a, a little search box there and you can type in shaving lives. Uh, that's our team's name. Uh, and it'll, it'll bring up our team shaving lives, uh, 2023. Uh, and you can go to our page that way. 
or you can donate just right there on the the stbaldricks.org uh, uh, homepage. Uh, all the money donated goes to the same place. Uh, it all it's all used for the same purposes. Um, you can also, if you're wanting to get involved, uh, type in your hometown uh, in that search engine, and it'll bring up any local events or local teams in your area. And this and this time of the year, as we get close to to St. Patty's Day. Uh, there are events pretty much everywhere. Uh, this this uh, uh, foundation had its first shave event on St. Patrick's Day back in, uh, gosh, I don't know, it's, it's been about 18 or 20 years ago, but uh, they had their first event on St. Patrick's Day. So usually that's when a lot of the St. Baldrick shave events take place. Uh, everyone should go out there and support Jeff, support St. Baldrick's, and support the fight against uh, children's cancer. Now, uh, coming back to this show, because uh, Jeff wanted to come on the show and talk about St. Baldrick's, but you want to listen to some tunes, too. And so John had a really cool idea about what we're going to do with tonight's dice. Maybe tell us about that, John. Yeah, um, you, you know, Je Jeff was struggling to find a tie-in for Aerosmith um, with, with, with his incredible cause. And, you know... Tom Hamilton is a cancer survivor. So I suggested we find some Tom Hamilton songs and we load up the jet dice and we 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 celebrate um Tom Tom continuing to win his fight. And and you know, you know, it's 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 not something where you win and it's you finally win. It's something you're 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 continuously battling. And and he he's winning the fight right now. And I think I think it's a good um way for us to Tie these two ideas together, um, and and really, look. I we, we recorded a show last night, and we did it for the kids. But Corey already broke the cardinal rule when I said F I N E fine. He didn't say effed up, in, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. He said fucked up, and because Corey cursed, that's giving me a green light now. So oh. I'm going to say it tonight. We fuck cancer. <laughs> It and, just means and, you and, owe twenty bucks in the square jar. I owe ten. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. I I 100% agree with your sentiment. Uh, but I, I suggested when we were recording the other show that we have a, a swear jar and donate the money to to St. Baldrick's. So I I'm still I'm still on board with that idea. I I I, I have a jar full of some kind of clear liquid. I will be imbibing in during the show. So if I empty this out. By all means, we can start to fill it with something else. That is pure moonshine, folks. Big, it. big, big time moonshine. All right. So as, as Tom, uh, John alluded to, uh, of course, uh, in honor of Tom Hamilton, who has suffered with uh, uh, throat and tongue cancer um, a couple of times, uh, he, uh, he was in remission. The cancer returned in 2011. He's now cancer-free. Uh, we thought, we're going to pick six Tom Hamilton songs and, and put them on the die. And John, uh, in his infinite wisdom, did research and said, Tom Hamilton has seven writing credits with Aerosmith and gave us six of them to put on the dice. Um, I just did a simple Google search uh, before we started recording and found he actually has 16 uh, writing credits on uh, different Aerosmith songs. So, no, no, hey, put your wait. hand down. I'm not done. No, put no, your no, hand no, down. no, 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 you're, you're done for a minute because we, 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 have, we have three hosts to the show, my friend. And I just want to ask Scott one question because Scott, Scott hasn't chimed in in a while. Scott, who in their right mind would put me in charge of research. Well, I, yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, I, I'm sorry, Corey, but if, 
if you don't babysit the kids and the kids fill the dishwasher with soap and then turn it on and you come home and your whole house is filled with bubbly, sudsy liquid, who do you blame? Too soon, but, Scott. Uh, it, you it, know it, my dishwasher just blew up. You, that's too soon. Uh, that, that's uh, you, out of balance. But, you but don't on, blame the chimp. But on John's behalf, he found almost half of them. Almost half, yeah. So we should be proud of him, I guess, uh, for that fact. And he didn't fill the kitchen with bubbles. So he's he's okay to, this week. That's right. I, I did change a couple of them, though, because we had uh, doubled up on a couple because John, like I said, my fault. I put him in charge of research. So let's recap the six songs of Tom Hamilton's that we put on the die. Uh, two of them are from Music from Another Dimension because he actually has five writing credits on that album. Um, originally, we had Lover a Lot on the dice. That was when John wanted on there, but I changed it to Up on the Mountain from the same album because uh, Tom Hamilton actually provides lead vocals on that song. So I thought that would be kind of cool. It's actually a, a bonus track on the deluxe version of uh, Music from Another Dimension. Uh, the other Music from Another Dimension song we have on there tonight is uh, Can't Stop Loving You, uh, which was one of the singles uh, f- from that uh, album. We also have uh, the studio version of Sweet Emotion, which I think is probably Tom Hamilton's most famous uh, song with Aerosmith. Uh, we also have uh, Uncle Salty, which is kind of appropriate for John Mariano being on the call. Uh, Critical Mass uh, from Draw the Line and a live version of Janie's Got a Gun. And this one's interesting because uh, Scott Haskin, not a fan of Janie's Got a Gun. Well, I mean, I'll give our guests the opportunity, being as I'm the most West Coast member of the panel, uh, I don't know that that actually has anything to do with anything, but if he wanted to replace Janie's Got a Gun with any version of the movie, I would be okay with that. Wait, th- there's a movie about Janie's Got a Gun? No, the the song, the movie that everyone on the show loves but refuses to admit. Is it a movie about Aerosmith? No, it's the song, the movie from Permanent Vacation. Oh, I quit doing movie trivia a long time ago, man. It's a movie about a vacation. Chevy Chase is in it. Oh, oh. No, I, I don't know what year that came out. Okay. Well, then then we'll just skip that, and we'll maybe leave Janie's Got a Gun on there. Uh, let's <laughs> In the cellar, if you will. Scott Haskin, out of those six, uh, what are you hoping to hear uh, tonight? All right. You know what? I I'm in a good mood. I'm going to try and manifest to try and change my opinion on the song, because sometimes a live version will do that. Janie's got a gun. All right. Janie's got a gun from a little south of sanity. Uh, John Mariano, is there any track in particular you're looking forward to? I I feel bad for Scott because if ever a song was built for the studio and not a, li- a live version, it's Janie's got a gun. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 am, I am hopeful that we will get um, sweet emotion because look, I want more people to listen to this episode if you put that title out there, more people are going to listen to this episode. Good call. Good call. Uh, Jeff, out of those uh, six, I know you probably haven't heard a lot of them. Uh, anything you're maybe looking forward to? I don't want to miss a thing. That's not on there. We already did that one. You already oh. ruined our night one time with that. Crap. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, I've, I've, I'm familiar with, with sweet emotion and I'm familiar with Janie got a gun. Uh, Maybe maybe one of the other ones uh, that I that I haven't heard that much. Maybe the one that Todd sings on. All right, his name is Tom, not Todd. Tom. Yeah, close enough. 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with that one too. Tom Hamilton uh, co-wrote and sang on Up on the Mountain. I'm going to go for that one. Uh, so what do you say? Let's uh, get Stephen to warm up his pipes and uh, we'll toss this sucker. Toss of the And we are getting Janie's Got a Gun from a little south of Sanity. All right. So uh, Scott and John get their wish on this one. This is going to be a lot of fun, guys. You know, I, I like what Jeff said about sweet or what uh, John said about Sweet Emotion, but I think that this will also draw a lot of people because this is a really well-known song. Yeah, I agree. And sorry, I I wasn't listening to John when he was talking. I thought he also picked Janie's. I forgot he picked Sweet Emotion, but it's going to accomplish the same thing. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that works. Well, and, and I'm going to go into this with an open mind. And just see how I feel about this version of the song, forgetting how I loathe the studio version. <laughs> I'm just happy that we didn't roll the movie. <laughs> Me too. That would have been shocking because it's not even on there. But before we play the song, we got to uh, figure out it's time to play my favorite game. How many times did Aerosmith play Janie's Got a Gun in their career? Remember, uh, we do this Price is Right rules. You have to get closest to the actual number without going over. Let's start with John Mariano. John, what do you think? Without looking it up, how many times has Aerosmith played Janie's Got a Gun? 799. 799. All right. Good guess. Scott Haskin? 325. 325. Jeff Saunders? 801. Ooh, 801. And Scott Haskin takes it because two of you went over. The actual number, according to setlist.fm, 616 times. Wow. So John was technically closest, but he went over. Right. Well, price is right rules, whether it's Drew Carey or Bob Barker. That's right. Always Bob Barker. <laughs> John has very, very, uh, very big thoughts on, on price is right. Do not get him started. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to see if they're uh, shooting it here next time uh, you want to come visit and see if you can get on the show. Hello, will Bob be there? No, he's pretty retired. Oh, disappointing. Sorry. Well, let, let's bring the show back up here. What do you say we play a little Janie's Got a Gun? Uh, originally recorded and released in 1989, this is the version that came out on A Little South of Sanity, released October 20th, 1998. <laughs> I've heard I've heard this plenty of times live. This is the crispest and cleanest I've ever heard this. It's usually like a mumbly wumbly mess at the at the beginning of the song. Corey, what is going on with the production here? How, why is the production value so high on this? Jack Douglas, uh, producer extraordinaire. He produced the uh, you know the first batch of uh, Aerosmith records back in the seventies, and uh, he produced this one too. This was recorded uh, on the Nine Lives tour and the Get a Grip tour. I'm not sure uh, which uh, concert. Uh, maybe I can look it up here. No, it doesn't say uh, which uh, tour this particular version came from. But uh, obviously, both those tours, the band is firing on all cylinders. So um, the band sounds good. And like you said, the production is really top notch. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of blown away because every time I've heard this, it sounded like a wet fart at the top of the song, which kills it for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm 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 impressed. 
What do you think, Scott? Uh, just uh, 26 seconds in here. Well, I thought the water harp was kind of a, a weird way to start it off and without knowing the transition of the previous song into this one in the in the actual show, um, it's hard to say. But uh, so far, I would say the production is fantastic. Um, I'll, I'll see where it goes. I, I feel like the vocals were a little weird, but I like what they did with it. Overall, it sounded good. Uh, could this have been on the permanent vacation tour, 89? No, because uh, Pump came out is the album after pump and, pump came out 89 oh, vacation right, right. came out 87 so this was the next album after ah uh, gotcha and, and i i had seen them like late 90s or early like before before this album was released i had seen them and it 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 sounded like junk next next to what this is okay mm-hmm. so you sound like permanent vacation tour no no because you said this was like nine lives tour Oh, you're talking when I thought you were talking when Pump came out, not when this album came out. Oh, oh no, no, no! I'm talking. I'm talking like I've seen, you, you know, James Got a Gun live. So like nine live like, tour. Yeah, yeah, like fairly peak. Yeah, you know, Aerosmith, and the production was not this. It was very much like, you know, they they had drank too much the night before. I think they were falling off the wagon on the uh, nine lives tour, so that's an that's entirely possible. Jeff, you're a big uh, music historian. Uh, did you like the water harp? Yeah, what is a water harp? Scott? It's uh, it's a, a metal, almost looks like um, just like a bunch of uh, blades of grass that are cascading down and you drip water over it and it gives you that really weird horror movie sound. Uh, it's very commonly used in horror movies. It's uh, It's like metal scraping on metal. Okay, I don't know that one. Uh, my 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 people use a uh, a mouth harp sometimes, slightly uh, different, and also a harmonica. Uh, but this water water harp, I don't know. Those are more jovial instruments than a, a water harp. A water harp is is meant to kind of make your spine cringe a little bit. Okay, and it, well, not, mission not accomplished. Really, yeah, it's not really a jovial uh, topic. Uh, that they're singing about here with, you know, a, a father abusing a, a daughter and then she uh, kills him. Uh, so, so yeah, maybe like a, a jug band uh, type sound wouldn't work uh, for, for this type of song. I don't, it depends on the perspective. I'm like happy that she found a way to buy a gun at her tender age. So I, I see more optimism in this song. There you go. I, I'm going to look at this with a fresh set of eyes. <laughs> Just uh, again on the production, uh, for all of us wearing headphones, like you get that stereo effect. You got Brad Whitford uh, on the left side, uh, kind of playing the main riff, and Joe's just kind of, uh, d- you know, d- doing some little like uh, harmonics and a little slide stuff in there. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I, I really dig it. I, in fact, I was thinking they really didn't need the beginning of the song. They could have started with uh, just an instrumental version of that first part of the verse and then gone into the verse. I love that heavy percussion. Those toms almost sound like timpani. They're they're that big in the mix. 
but I, I could kind of do without the whole intro and it just started right there. And I think it would have been fine. I just realized part of why I don't like this song. And I think it was Jeff, our fantastic guest that brought it to light. The music is too jovial for this subject matter for me. It's, it's, it's almost too happy for what he's singing about. And I, I kind of think also there's a little bit of irony to Steven Tyler singing lyrics about in, improper underage sex. Uh, obviously what he did was very wrong and uh, that is going to go to trial here uh, assumingly quite soon and there's no excusing uh, what he did uh, back in the 70s with that young lady but um, uh, can you separate that from from what you're hearing here about a, a father abusing or raping uh, a little girl? Yeah, I can. I, I just found that almost more as a, a side note of irony because I don't think that um, I don't think I'd put that together before. And nice angel reference, by the way, Corey. Way to work in another song. Well, you know that's what I do. <laughs> John. Yeah, it's uh, you know, se separate separating artists from art becomes very tough, especially because it feels like, you know, he was trying to make this his redemption arc, and history kind of tells a different story um but fo focusing more on, on the song and bringing it back to the song a little bit and taking it away from steven a little bit i never realized how prominent the baseline is in this song and i'm listening to it closely because you know tonight we're here for a cause and we're here because because of tom hamilton and 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 the baseline really is the backbone of the song if you listen to the through line throughout mm -hmm. i would agree with that mm -hmm. And it sounds the sound of the bass is really great on this performance too. Yeah, and I don't know what you. Uh, I'm hearing a, a raw band. I'm not hearing like they're they didn't like go in and touch anything up. Like mm -hmm. like Stephen has some imperfections in his vocal. It, it sounds like I would think it sounded on the night. Like uh, there's not a lot of work done to it after the fact. Yeah, it really feels like a, almost like a soundboard series where they just recorded it in and um, and then just mixed it and that was it. Yeah, because uh, like the they just wanted to kind of uh, you know wrap up their their Geffen contract and and get on to uh, get on uh, Columbia again. Uh, so there may have been uh, not a lot of like uh, post production work done on this, uh, which I kind of find refreshing. I, I'd rather hear the band as they sound, not uh, you know super touched up a la Kiss on the Alive albums or anything like that. That's such a common phrase for this time in music. We just wanted to wrap up our Geffen contract. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I think there he sings, he had a little bitty baby. On the studio version, he sings, he jacked. A little bitty baby. The original lyric was he raped 
a little bitty baby, but uh, John Collender, the label, uh, convinced them to change it because they thought this song could be a potential hit. Isn't Jacked stolen, though? Yeah. Uh, can Jacked mean other things? I don't know. I'm not very street. Jeff, uh, you're from Texas. Well, what are the different, uh, besides like jacking up your truck to change a tire, what are some other definitions? Uh, for Jack, uh, well, um, it's self-love. Uh, <laughs> okay. And more self-love. <laughs> I, I know, I, I know, I know. We're going to the Texan here, but I got, I got, I got to pull in some authority now. Um, j- jacked is like I, I jacked them up real bad, right? Like it's, it's, I, I messed them up. You know, it's you got jumped, you got beat up. Um, it, it could be raped. It, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a word. Like Jeff said, it has met multiple meanings. But even within multiple meetings, if you're taking it to that really terrible place of you rough somebody up, anything within a mugging, a rape, an assault, like that's that's where you're going with jacked up, right? And if you if you if you want an example, if you go back to a, a film like Goodfellas, um, when um, they call uh, Joe Pesci a clown and he jacks that guy up, that's mm-hmm. proper context for jacked up. There you so- go. You're you're fine with Jack being used in this contents, like uh, you know the the theme of the song is about rape, uh, right. but they they kind of backed it off a little bit to Jack. Does that still carry the same kind of punch? So so, so if you wanted to talk about rape, you know, in say my parents' household, and the the children's ears were within earshot, they would use a word like jacked. Okay. So 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 just to give you an idea of when and where and how you might use that in, in the proper context. So being that this is going, you know, you're looking for a radio edit, something of, of that nature where, where kids may be listening. It, it gets the point across, especially if you listen to the rest of the words of the song, it's very clear what's going on. Well, and the video too, uh, directed by a young David Fincher, uh, I think uh, gets that point across quite well as, as well. Okay, so in terms of backups there, I think we have Joe on the Runaways uh, singing back up to Stephen, but I believe their keyboard player uh, is singing kind of the higher stuff with Stephen uh, on the uh, uh, pay, like that kind of escalating uh, scale they kind of run there. I think that because you, you hear Stephen kind of stop early uh, and catch his breath. I believe that's their keyboard player who's kind of carrying that through. Yeah, and it sounds really good. I also like the introduction of the strings. You know, even though they're they're from a synth, that sounds really good. Uh, adds a really nice layer. Uh, and and in answer to your question that you didn't ask me yet, Corey, yes, I will do a hooked on phonics podcast with you. Thank you. I need it uh, desperately. And I should call out Russ Irwin, the keyboard player uh, on these tours and background vocalist. So coming up to the guitar solo, which is always one of my favorite parts of uh, of Janie's Got a Gun. Uh, Jeff, John, you have want anything to add before we get into it? 
Yeah, I was just going to throw out there, and, and this is probably something you guys talk about every other week, uh, but I always think of Steven Tyler as like a, a rock and roller, but uh, regardless of like how this song is coming across tone-wise, uh, he he's a bluesy guy, a very, very blues-heavy voice, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think I forget that sometimes. Very heavy blues-influenced uh, uh, band, and Steven, absolutely, yeah. You hear that a lot in their music too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a reason why. Like, my favorite bands tend to be very bluesy. Whether it's Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, like, they're they're very blues at their core. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you know, I keep I keep going I keep going back to the bass on this one. Um, you, you know, you know, it's it's the night of the bass man, and and he he's coming forward for me in this mix. Sorry, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that the tone he's getting on the bass is fantastic. Um, it it really does cut through, but his performance is so precision. Um, you really couldn't ask for anything better from from the bass on this one. And Tom Hamilton's been that way since the beginning to today when he's out there playing. Like just mm -hmm. uh, one of the most underrated bass players uh, in rock and roll is Tom Hamilton. Uh, we'll go to Scott right away here, but uh, I don't know. To me, that solo section was not as tight uh, as it was on the studio recording. It was kind of sloppy, a little bit all over the place. And then you got Steven just kind of caterwauling over top of it just to remind everybody that he's there. And I'm, I was never a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a couple things that, that strike me. The first half of the solo was very muddy. All of a sudden, there's just this big wash of reverb on the guitar and vocals, which just kind of seemed weird that it's, you know, if it was just on the vocal and not the guitar, I could see it, I guess. But that was kind of strange. So I, I really didn't get to hear what the first half of the solo was. The second half wasn't too bad. Uh, it fit the song, but I, I definitely heard much better work come from him. Uh, and Steven, just stop it. Like, this is not the song to be doing some kind of vocal excited celebration. Um, that I, I don't feel that fit the song at all. This is more typical of what, what I picture Jamie's Got a Gun Live to, to sound like. Um, you know, everything's just a little bit sloppy. It's not as tight as the studio version. It's a song built for the studio. I, I echo a lot of the things I said at the top of the show. Um, you, you know, it's it's not Joe at his best. It's 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 not Steven at his best. I don't know what it is about this song, but it doesn't feel like the band is ever on the same playing field when they play it. Now, uh, Jeff, you're a big uh, Spoons player. What did you think about the musicianship uh, in that solo section? Well, I mean, I I'm I'm no uh, I'm no uh, 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 professor of music or anything, but that last part did sound a little jacked. She got a gun. She got a gun. Whole world's just begun. Everybody is on the run. Tell me 
Well, that's the other controversial lyric. Uh, I'm sure we mentioned it on the studio version, but uh, she had to take him down easy and put a bullet in his brain. Uh, the radio edit is actually she had to take him down easy and left him in the pouring rain. Oh, the, that, I love American radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's always amazing the things that uh, that we can and can't say in a quote unquote free society. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it musically, I I have to wonder. If maybe the band themselves don't like the song, they know they have to play it because it, you know, has a certain status and they're just not into doing it. It's an interesting comment because there are times in this version where I don't feel like they're into doing it. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. What do you think, Jeff? Uh well, I, I think I think for the for the most part to me, and then this is this is with my uh uh expert ears, yep. Yeah. Expert ears, yeah. Uh, for most of it, it sounded pretty good, um, especially for a, a live song, because you, you don't always know what you're going to get when, when you're listening to, to a, a live performance. Um, and uh, for, for most of this, it sounded pretty good. It, it, it kind of felt like it went a little off the rails there, uh, that last section or last couple of sections. Uh, but uh, I don't know. We'll see how we'll see how they 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 finish it up. Okay, that's Steven try too hard right there. All over that. Just just like that that sounded like me at a karaoke night trying to sing this song. <laughs> right? Like there, there was you know, all due respect to Steven Tyler, one of the great performers and singers of all time. Whatever the hell that was right there, almost sounded like he forgot the lyrics and remembered them the very last second and just said them to get them out. So that way it's like, oh, I got, I, I, I'm hitting all my marks and checked all those boxes. And that's about it. I feel like, I feel like on that last break we took, uh, I said, let's see how this is going to wrap up and, and uh, thinking that, you know, it might, might clean up and get better. And and then Steven was like, oh yeah, watch this. Well, you know, and John said, I'll, you know, apologies to Steven Tyler. How about uh, apologies to John Mariano, one of the better karaoke singers I've ever heard in my life. I'm I'm very tempted to fly out to New York and take John out for a couple of beers at karaoke and and uh, get him liquored up enough to do this song. I don't know if there's enough liquor in New York for that to happen, but I I I'm tempted to give it a shot. Oh, would you ever do this one in karaoke, John? Uh, would I? I? I'll do anything, you know, if there's money on the table. There you go. I hate that we did not go to karaoke. <laughs> We know what we're doing for show 100. We're either getting uh, Scott to uh, New York or John to Las Vegas, and we're going to do some karaoke. And you know I, what? I'm I have just, a feeling this next section, Stephen's going to be struggling as well. I'm just glad to know that no matter what it is, John has a price for everything. Literally everything. I, I grew up watching wrestling, and Million Dollar Man told me everyone has a price. It's true.
I'm sorry. I don't mean to make this a pick on Steven episode, but he he sounds right now. Did you guys see the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when the weekend was in that mirror maze? Oh yeah. Yep. Um. So 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 he sounds like the weekend lost in the mirror maze right now singing the song. It's a good analogy. Yeah. I I was actually thinking uh, about stopping the song to talk about the drums. Uh, you know, I, I'm normally a, a huge fan of melodic drums, but I, I really kind of feel like he doesn't care about this song either. He's just hitting random toms at different pitches that don't really seem to have any kind of flow to them. Um, almost like I, I just got to do so. I got to hit something and, and doesn't really know what he wants to do. I, I feel like everyone's so disconnected from the song, except for the bass and the keys. And Brad Whitford, I think, uh, on the rhythm guitar, I think he's right in there too. There was a cool role that uh, Joey did early. I can't remember where it was. I, I forgot to point it out then, but it's the complete opposite of what he's doing here. Like you said, he's just kind of randomly. It's like when I get behind a drum set, I'm like, uh, 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 and I'm hitting a random tom here and then assemble or something. So, yeah, early I was going to make the comment about how good the drums were, and now I feel like I really wish I'd have said it when I thought it because we're we're not there anymore. I did only like I said, I, I heard that role. I'm like, oh, I should point that out. That was a really cool little role that wasn't on the studio version that he mm -hmm. put on this one. Uh, it was during one of the transitions. And and yeah, it's now it's all I hear is dun, 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 dun. right. That last role was all right. That one wasn't bad, but I think Steven, it really sounds like he's just exhausted. I mean, there's no enunciation. It's just like sounds coming out of his mouth at this point. Uh, I don't know where in the set this song appears, but this would probably be a good time for them to do the movie and give him a break. Exactly. That's where you need a really kick-ass uh, instrumental. I'm so glad we have that on the mixtape. All right, Janie's got a gun from a little south of Sanity. If this came from 97, this would have been sandwiched between Taste of India and Last Child, right around song 11. So kind of mid-set. Mm -hmm. yeah, he sounds I, way I, too exhausted for being that early in the show. And, and I really like how they got the one corner of the crowd where they held up the applause sign to record. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's typical of them of this era. And I tell how great they are uh, as a live band so much on this show. And this is one of the songs I was dreading, you know, that we would have to cover one day because this is my least favorite song they do live. Um, and they play it a lot because it's a hit. But it, 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 it's, it, it's this and I don't want to miss a thing. You know, and I actually prefer hearing I don't want to miss a thing live. Wow. Because, because he... At least Steven's more into that one than even this one. This is just um, Aerosmith by the numbers, and the numbers don't add up. All right, so Janie's got a gun. This is a live track, so this would go on the live side, side B, of our double mixtape, which currently has three, six, seven songs on it. So we got two slots. So we have to really hate this version and not even put it on there. 
because we could put it on there and not lose anything. Uh, the current songs on the uh, side B live track side are uh, Sweet Emotion from A Little South of Sanity, Mother Popcorn from Live Bootleg, What It Takes from A Little South of Sanity, Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg, Toys in the Attic from Classics Live 2, and then a couple of cuts from Classics Live 1, Kings and Queens, and Train Kept a Rollin'. So the question is, did we like this version of Janie's Got a Gun enough to put it in one of the empty slots on the live track side, or do we just turf it all together? Uh, Jeff, you are our guest. Uh, what did you think about this song, and does it deserve a spot on our Ultimate Aerosmith mixtapes? Okay, so I, I, I actually like Janie's Got a Gun. Um, it, it's one of one of the Aerosmith songs that that I know and, and that I can sing along to. Um, the live version, I, I think, like about the first half of it, other than the intro, sounded sounded pretty good. Uh, but then then a lot of it just kind of felt like it was like you guys said well ago, like everyone was kind of doing their own thing. I kind of halfway expected uh, Steven Tyler there near the end to borrow a shumaladumity bop from David Lee Roth because uh, he was kind of doing all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know that I would put this on there, guys. I I think that I would save 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 that spot. All right, so that is one no vote from uh, Jeff Saunders. Uh, Scott, what did you think? I'm disappointed because I, I was really hoping that with a live version, they might win me over on the song, and they they started out okay. Uh, I could I could forgive the water harp intro, but uh, they really just, this was just not a good performance. And what's really interesting is we've covered two other songs from this this live album, which I very much liked. So it wasn't like it was an off night for them. Um, I don't know if this was actually a compilation of like two or three nights and they just picked the best versions or what, but um, it was certainly a good time in their performing for me. So the fact that I I didn't like it, I think is a bigger disappointment. But you said it wouldn't hurt us if we put this. I think it would. I think this is a horrible version to say it belongs on the tape, even though we do have open slots. I, I don't think anybody looking at our mixtape as it is right now would be served by this being on there. So I, I would say no. Okay, that's uh, 0 for 2 for this live version of Jenny's Got a Gun. John Mariano, what are your thoughts? I mean, we have those two slots, and if we use one of them on this song, then we have the ability to very quickly take this song off. On the other hand, I really like believing that the movie is the worst song on the mixtape. And I cannot, in good conscience... Put this song on the mixtape and still feel that way. So with that, I'm sorry, but I have to keep that slot empty. All right. So my vote is academic. It's a three against, but I would vote the same. Uh, I kind of like what some of the band members were doing on this version, but not enough uh, to justify it taking up a spot uh, on side B of our mixtape. There is another live version we could break out at some point from the Rocks Donnington 2014 compilation. Scott's very excited about that. Uh, and and that's, you know, th this was, say, you know, 97, 98 Aerosmith. This is, we're talking 2014 Aerosmith. So if, if Stephen was struggling late 90s with this song, imagine how he sounds 2014. I haven't listened to a lot of the Rocks Donnington uh, live album. I think I played it like once or twice. So I can't tell you what my initial thoughts of that live version are. But... Look, we do have one more. 
version that we can get out there. Also on that album is a live version of I Don't Want to Miss a Thing for a certain member of the panel who would love to hear that song uh, once again. So, John, you got another opportunity to hear it. You, you, you know what? I have a good feeling that I'm going to enjoy it more than either one version of the live uh, Jenny's Got a Gun. That's very true. I really liked your comment, John, about just, you know, it's it's a tough song maybe to translate live. Uh, it's the studio version, I, I think, is an all-time classic. Um, but to, to translate that in a live setting, very, very difficult. And uh, they, they did not do a good job of, of, of transferring it here. So, Jenny's Got a Gun from uh, a little south of Saturday, not on the mixtape. That'll wrap it up for this show. Uh, but before we go, Jeff, one more time, uh, tell us quickly about St. Baldrick's and how the folks can, can donate and help out. Yes, yes. So St. Baldrick's Foundation, uh, we're helping them raise money to to fund childhood cancer research uh, so that these kids can can uh, can get better treatments and and potential cures for all the, the childhood cancers out there. Uh, we're, we're collecting donations through stbaldrick's.org. Uh, you can go on there. You can look up uh, Shaving Lives uh, 2023 if you want to donate through our team. Uh, or you can just donate there uh, on the on the homepage uh, to St. Baldrick's, um, and then uh, all this is going to culminate. And on uh, January, I'm sorry, on March third uh, and fourth, uh, we're going to have a couple of head shaving events, and and we're going to go bald for the cause. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, for uh, bringing that to everybody's attention and uh, for coming on the show here tonight. It was always a pleasure. And uh, even though you pick a lot of bad songs uh, tonight, tonight was an interesting one. So thank you very much for for coming on and, and talking about a great Tom Hamilton tune. Uh, Scott Haskin, uh, maybe let's tell the folks about the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Our ever-growing list of shows is ever-growing. And in addition to this uh, show, which you've been listening to, Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited, John and Corey also do another show called Backtracks Theme Music. And then uh, Mark Kamire, along with Corey, does a show called And the Podcast Will Rock, which is all things Van Halen. I do a show called Uriah Heap, The Magician's Podcast. And then we have the Deep Purple Podcast, the Skinnered Reconsidered Podcast. Uh, Terry T-Bone Mathley does an interview show called T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. We have the Sabbath Bloody Podcast, In the Lap of the Pods, a queen show. Andy and Mac at Hawk, Hawk Binge, uh, which is all about Hawkwind, which has just announced a new album coming out, which is really exciting. Uh, we have uh, Aiden, uh, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, The Ultimate Aussie Podcast, Universally Speaking, The Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, The Judas Priest Cast. We have a show called North by South Podcast, which is contrasting and comparing a song from North America, one from the United States, and one from Canada, which is interesting because we could actually do that same kind of thing on this show okay. we have so far so pod so what a megadeth podcast we have the tom petty project seaside pod review another queen show we have and volume for all and the rock roulette podcast awesome shows awesome job thank you very much scott haskin and great job on the new season of uh, the magicians podcast i'm really enjoying uh your shows and the new album the new you. uriah heap album it's really really good stuff john Mario. They oh, hit sorry, number four. Uh, I was just going to say they hit number four in Germany, which is the highest they've ever been. The uh, second highest was they hit number 10 with Demons and Wizards back in 72. So uh, their brand new album is setting the charts on fire. Awesome. Huge in Germany, just like our show. Uh, we chart very well in Germany. It's all because of John Mariano. John, maybe let's uh, tell the folks about our good buddy Ken Knapsack. I gladly will. So, so, so Ken Knapsack has a bunch of shows on the Knapsack Network. The big thing he, he's pushing right now is the blathering. 
blathering is all of Ken's thoughts on all things everywhere. It's an off the cuff, um, from the heart and head podcast um, from Ken. Um, and, and the key word there is heart. And I say the key word there is heart because knowing Ken, as, as I do, and as we all do, Ken would like to take some of his time right now and really push Jeff's cause with St. Baldrick's because there is nothing more important to Ken than that. So um, while, while I'm pushing Ken and Ken's podcast and, and, and go, you know, check, check it out, you know, look, look for the blathering, listen to Ken, but th there is nothing more important to Ken than, than Je Jeff and the St. Baldrick's cause. And it's St. Baldrick's throughout the year. So even though Jeff is right now pushing this event that's happening around the release of this show, St. Baldrick's is all year round, folks. So if you don't have the money to donate now, you can donate later in the year. You can donate next year. You can, you, you can just tell your friends, tell your family, you know, get the word out. There are so many different ways you can help. And helping these children is so important. So, so while we're here, we're doing this podcast, we're promoting each other, we're promoting our friends, um, but we're really here promoting um, helping these kids. So whatever you can do today to go and help these kids, whether it's reaching in your pocket, reaching out to loved ones, just reaching out to somebody and say, say, saying that you love them and you think about them, whatever you're doing in any small way, putting some good back into the world right now is important. And um, that's really what this episode's about today. So um, just just be kind to each other. Well said, my friend. Uh, I certainly can't uh, improve on that at all just to say uh, ditto. And uh, with that, let's wrap it up. On behalf of Scott Haskin, John Mariano, and the wonderful Jeff Saunders, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, we'll give the last word to Stephen Tyler. So